Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Alicia is a certified pediatric sleep consultant, former elementary school teacher, and mom with over a decade of hands-on experience working with children and families. Alicia left her job as an elementary school teacher after the birth of her second child, and a year later decided to enroll in Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. She graduated from the program in January of 2023 and has been working as a sleep consultant ever since. Alicia now enjoys the flexibility of working from home and for herself, while still continuing to educate and support children and families. Alicia, welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Thanks, Jane. I'm so excited to be here. Before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to become a sleep consultant? Sure. Um, So my journey with sleep training really started Uh, after the birth of my son. So my first child, um, I actually had a pretty traumatic birth and postpartum, unexpected postpartum surgery, um, which led to, you know, some trauma and just my body needing to heal. And when you have a three week old or a four week old who's not sleeping, um, what you really need to do is be able to sleep and heal. And so I decided that I had to find a way to get sleep under control in my house. Um, And so my sister-in-law recommended a sleep training book to me. I read it cover to cover, uh, probably in a day or two. And really it was all about sleep shaping um, with newborns. And I got started and I got them sleeping and it was the best thing ever. (laughs) And then my daughter came along 18 months later and I implemented all of the same strategies with her and she was sleeping great from day one. So I always felt really confident um, and passionate about new moms being able to sleep and that it was possible. So it sort of started there. Um, And then I was an elementary school teacher. So I had been doing that for about 10 years. And after the birth of my daughter, I decided that I wanted to be home more. I wanted um, more of a flexible schedule. So I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, uh, which was something that I never expected for myself. That was never really a goal of mine, but um, I made that decision for our family. And I think I had been home for... I don't even know if it was like a full year before I started going a little crazy. And I was like, I need to do something. I've got to use my brain. Um, I just, I wanted to work in some capacity. So I actually thought that I would start, um, you know, tutoring online or doing something like that. And then I stumbled across your course and I just thought, wow, this could be the perfect um, way to blend like my passion for 
sleep and getting babies sleeping and then still helping parents and families and supporting kids. Um, And it was sort of the perfect marriage of the two. And I never even spoke to you. I just like purchased the course and dove right in from there. I love that. I love your story. And I connect with it on so many levels because I also was working before having my kids, but then decided to stay home. And when you said you were, you were looking to like use your brain again, like that spoke to me because I got into sleep consulting with that exact same sentiment that I just needed to use my brain again. And what better way to do so than to blend your, your passion for healthy sleep habits for children. That was the same as me with actually growing a business that you can work on while caring for your little babies. I love it. Yeah, it's been such a great balance for me. Like if my kids are sick, no problem. I'm home, you know, Um, but I still get to work as much or as little as I want. Perfect. I love it. Uh, The topic of today's podcast is all about discovery calls. This was actually your idea to discuss this topic, which excites me to no end. Uh, (laughs) Why do you think that people find discovery calls to be so challenging and scary, at least in the beginning? So I think for me, um, discovery calls kind of gave me like job interview vibes. (laughs) Like That's how they felt to me. Um, Because like I said, I was a teacher before. So I had no experience sort of selling myself or the idea that I would have to sell myself to somebody other than when I was applying for jobs. Um, so, so I think that's what it was for me um, at first. Um, but now I really come at them with a totally different mentality. So like, I'm the person running the call. Uh, the goal is to hear what's going on at home. I tell them how I can help them. Um, I talk about what it looks like to work with me and then they get to decide from there. So it's less of them interviewing me and more of just a connection call. And I think reframing reframing my mindset really helped. Okay, so let's back up a second and start with the basics. Where are you connecting with these prospective clients? And then what's your process for inviting them onto a discovery call? Sure. So um, I get prospective clients in a number of different ways. So the first thing that I do is um, I have like a little advertisement space on a local mom blog. So it's just a little tile that, you know, shows my website and whatnot. Um, And that's the only actual advertisement or ads that I run for my business. And it's just local. Um, So some moms find me through that they like stumble across my little tile. Um, Another way would just be Google. So when people um, in my area search sleep consultant near me, uh, I pop up, I'm one of the first ones to come up and they read my reviews and they book a call. So I would say that's about how I get half of my clients. Um, the other half are probably from referrals or um, people that are already in my circle that have come to a place in their life where they need support and they know what I do because I talk about it online. Um, so they'll come to me. And then the last way would be through Facebook. So I do spend some time in different Facebook groups. And if I see somebody commenting a question about sleep, if it's something that I want to answer, or I feel like 
I could help them with, then I'll make a comment. And that oftentimes leads to a PM and we'll just chat back and forth um, a little bit. And then I'll invite them to book a discovery call if I think it would make sense. Okay. So I think actually a lot of what you're doing is really awesome because you're setting yourself up for people to come to you rather than you to go to them. And I'm always telling people both inside of Center for Pediatric Sleep Management, but also just sort of in bigger picture when I'm talking about how to grow a sleep consulting business. I really think that if you can create this sense of authority where people are coming to you for help rather than you chasing down people for help, uh, it makes business so much easier. And I think you're already doing a lot of that with being on that blog. I think that that sort of shows credibility and authority in the area where you live and search engine optimization. If you've sort of nailed that a little bit, that's amazing because you know, people, people trust Google. And when when a business comes up first or second or third, I think that there's there's credibility there. And and then what you're doing inside of Facebook groups is amazing, too, right? You're providing a certain level of information, advice, support. And when you provide really good information, advice, support, then people come to you and ask you more questions. And then that positions you to invite them to a call. And I guess let's not forget the referral piece too. I forgot to mention that if if your friends or friends of friends or former clients are sharing your name with their friends, then that makes it so much easier. They're of course willing to get onto a free 15 minute call with you, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I have two discovery calls today and one is someone from a Facebook group um, who actually came back around. Like we never made it to a discovery call and She came back, I don't even know how long, like a month later, and she just messaged me yesterday and was like, hey, I think I'm ready. And so we have a call today. And then someone else just popped up on my calendar and I have no idea who they are or how they found me, but I will definitely ask them. Um, I'm not afraid to ask, hey, how'd you find me? Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. People are coming to you. That's the best. Uh, So before you actually get onto this call, with somebody. Is there any information that you are trying to collect in advance? Are you trying to qualify these leads before you actually spend 15 to 20 minutes on the phone with them? Yeah. So if someone finds me through Google or through that like mom blog, whatever, and just books a call with me um, through my website and we've had no prior contact, then no, I'm not really pre-qualifying them. Um, but I find those people to usually be pretty highly motivated. Um, so so that hasn't been an issue for me so far. When you do book a call on my website, I have a little section that pops up that gives them the option to provide me with some details about what's going on. Um, and a lot of times they do, but not always. So sometimes I'm going into it blindly. Uh, ideally, I like I at least like to know how old the child is. I kind of, <laughs> if I can, uh, you know, not go in totally blind, that that's helpful. But if I don't, it's okay. Um, and then if it's someone that I'm messaging with on Facebook, then, you know, I always tell them what they can expect out of the call. So I'll say, you know, if we get on a call, we can talk a little bit more about what's going on at home. And then I can talk to you about what it could look like to work together. So they know that it's not a 15 minute, ask me anything call. It's uh, here's, let me tell you about what it would look like to work together. 
Um, I also check out their profile a little bit to see <laughs> if it would make sense. Like personally, I like to work with people who live on the East Coast in my time zone. Even I'm helping a family right now who's in the central time zone. And even that one hour just like <laughs> totally throws me off. So I can't even imagine if I was helping someone in another country. So that's just, you know, my thing. Okay, gotcha. When I um, have people come onto my calendar for a 15 minute discovery call. This is something I started doing a couple of years ago and I found it to be so helpful. I ask them a few questions upon registration for that call. So I ask them, of course, I want their name, their email, and you know maybe what their biggest sleep challenge is, of course, so that I know what I'm up against. But I also ask them if they're ready to hire a sleep consultant. And mm -hmm. it's a little sort of drop down menu. And their two choices are, you know, I'm still exploring options right now, or maybe something along the lines of like, you know, if, if, the call goes well, then I'm ready. You know, I don't know exactly what the wording is. And then I also ask them to check a little box that says, you know, if my spouse, if your spouse is going to be a part of the decision making process, I agree to have them on the call with me. Because one mm. thing that I noticed is that I would talk to moms and I would have a great conversation with them. And they would say to me, oh, I have to go talk to my husband or anything, Always. right? So actually now before they even get onto the phone call with me, they've already checked the box that says if, if their husband's <laughs> going to be a part of the decision-making pro process, that their husband's going to be on the call or their spouse is going to be on the call. And that has been a major game changer for me. Uh, every once in a while, somebody will get on the phone without their spouse and still say, you know, uh, I have to go talk They're to my husband or whatever. It, it happens from <laughs> yeah. time to time. But I would say like 80 to 90% of the discovery calls that I have, have both parents on the phone, if it's a two parent household. And I find that to be incredibly effective, because then they don't have to like play a game of telephone or operator or whatever it's called, where they're like passing the the messaging from one person to another, they can hear it both from me, they can ask questions on the call, they can get off the call and have a really thoughtful conversation together about whether or not they agree that it's a good fit to work together. And I don't know, that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, I think that sounds great. And something that I would consider doing, <laughs> because it usually ends in okay, this sounds amazing. Um, but let me talk to my husband, or it's he'll do whatever, because we just need to sleep. <laughs> yeah, the, actually, the other thing that I have, I think on my drop down is, you know, I, I make them check a little box that says, I have reviewed Jane's pricing on mm -hmm. right? So I don't want anyone to get onto a call with me and say, so what do you charge? Right? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, because if, if my services are not in line with their budget or what they're comfortable with paying, then then it doesn't make sense. We're wasting each other's time, right? I want them to totally. know before they get onto a phone call that my pricing is in line with their budget, that they see the value in what I'm offering. And the purpose of the call for me is just for us to make sure that we jive, that we get along, that we're a good fit for working together. And really it's just supposed to make them feel more excited about getting started. Than anything else. Yeah, I love that. Um, do you host your calls by phone or Zoom? So when someone goes to book a call with me, they have the option 
to either book a phone call or book a Zoom call. I would say most people book a phone call, which is honestly my preference for a discovery call, but um, sometimes they book a Zoom call. So I'm okay, okay with whichever. Yeah. Okay. I love that you give them the choice. I actually do all of my discovery calls by phone. Uh, I prefer that too, mainly because I like to multitask. So sometimes yeah. <laughs> when I'm sometimes when I'm on a discovery call, I'll be folding laundry or I'll be straightening up one of my kids' rooms. Uh, I also find that it helps me to have a more natural and comfortable conversation if I'm just doing something else casual. Uh, it helps me to feel more relatable, personable if I'm just another mom on the phone having a nice conversation with them. And it can feel less intense, less serious if I'm doing something with my hands. I don't know, just something I've noticed over time. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I prefer phone calls. So walk me through what your discovery calls look like. So, you know, you call them and they answer the phone and they're like, hi, this is Melissa or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like walk me through what it looks like for you to uh, have one of those 15 minute discovery calls. Sure. So it looks pretty similar to what you teach in CPSM. Um, and I usually start by giving them an outline of the call, a little overview of what they can expect. So I'll tell them um, the way we usually run these calls is that you will tell me a little bit about what's currently going on. Um, I can fill in with some questions. And then at the end, we can talk about what it would look like for us to work together. And then I say, does that sound good? And they always say, yes, that sounds perfect. Um, and then I hand it off to them. So they start talking and I just listen. Um, and I take notes while they're talking, anything that stands out or any questions that pop into my head. Um, and I really just give them the floor and listen. I might say like, mm-hmm or wow, you know, but other than that, I'm not really talking. Um, and then when it seems like they're sort of wrapping up, I will ask any clarifying questions that I have um, to help me sort of put the pieces together and understand fully what's going on at home. Um, and then when we're done with that, I always make sure to sympathize with them. Um, tell them that it sounds like what they're going through is really hard, um, that their child is so lucky to have them, you know, all of those things that make them feel good. Uh, and then I tell them that I can help them. And and that is when they take this big, deep breath and they feel this, you know, sense of relief that someone can help them. Because when you're drowning and someone says, here, I can help you, that feels so, so good. Um, so I always, always tell them that I can help them. And then if it makes sense, I relate it back to either a client I'm currently working with that might be in a similar situation or a past client that I've had, um, you know, I actually just helped a mom who was also pregnant and bed sharing and needed to get their child sleeping before the birth of their second child, you know, so I, I let them see that I've helped other people in that situation and that it's possible. Um, and that feels really good to them. And then next, what I do is I diagnose the sleep issue for them. So I'll say something like, it sounds to me like Joe needs to gain some confidence falling asleep independently in his crib. Or Joe's 
schedule is, you know, all over the place all day long, and it's causing him to be totally overtired at bedtime and have a hard time settling down. So I try to really give them that clarity of exactly what the issue is and what needs to be worked on. Um, Because clarity is value for parents. So a lot of times it seems obvious to us, you know, what's going on, like, well, of course they know that, but a lot of times they don't. Um, so you just telling them where the issue is, that is value. That is helpful to them. You know, I've had parents who say, who think that the problem is that their child's bed is a twin size bed and not a king size bed, like the bed in their room. And that's why the child, you know, wants to sleep in bed with them. And it's like, you know, the king size bed is not the issue here. Um, <laughs> so, so providing that, um, that what is really, is really helpful. And then after that, so I don't go into like how exactly I would fix the issue. I just tell them what the issue is and what we would work on. Um, and then I just say, um, in terms of what it looks like to work with me, I have three options. And then I go over what the three different offers I have are, um, what they include. I tell them the investment for each one um, and then the result that they can expect from that investment. So that, yes, you're telling them the price, but then you're also telling them right after, you know, what <laughs> what the result is. What's that thing that they want that they're going to get from it? And then lastly, I ask them what questions they have for me. So that is something that I would always forget to do in the beginning when I first started with discovery calls. But at that point, I've given them so much information and they always, always, always have questions at the end. So remembering to stop and ask them what questions they have. And and how do you tie it all up with a bow at the end? Um, you know, they ask their questions and you answer them. And then what? So uh, what I try, to, how I try to end it is by really helping them visualize what success would look like for them. So if it's um, a mom who is a nurse and has a baby who's up all night long, I will say, um, you know, and by the end of our time together, you'll be able to put him in his crib at bedtime and shut the door and he'll roll over and go to sleep. And you can go downstairs and hang out with your husband for a couple of hours and then go to bed and sleep all night long and wake up in the morning and be so excited to go get him out of his crib. And then you'll go to work and you'll feel really rested and totally clear headed and you don't need three Starbucks coffees. And um, you know they're usually drooling at that point. And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that would be amazing. And then I just say, I can help you get there. Yeah, I, I have two kids who sleep through the night and I'm tempted to hire you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing. What about objections? Do people ever, what are the, I mean, the two objections I often hear are, you know, I don't know if I want to spend the money or I can't afford it or like, I don't know if now is the right time. How do you handle those objections? Um, so I've actually never had anyone tell me that they don't want to spend the money um, at the point of when we get into a discovery call. I also need to raise my prices, but that's different. <laughs> that's a separate issue. Um, so I haven't had that one yet. Um, 
I think that in terms of the value, I think that comes across throughout the course of the call. Um, I'm always trying to help parents um, with like one really great piece of advice. And a lot of times that isn't necessarily about sleep training, but it could be something totally different. So like, I just had a mom who was telling me about her child who was presenting with all these ADHD symptoms and, you know, needed to be squeezed at bedtime while he was falling asleep. And, you know, I went back to my teaching and I was like, we need to do some heavy lifting before bed to help um, calm him and also tire him out. And so like, even just that little piece of advice, I think makes you stand out and can provide um, value and make you seem worth it in a sense. Um, but the common objections that I normally get would be crying, parents worried about the crying. So, you know, I try to normalize it and say, crying's normal, crying is communication. Um, I am honest and say, I have absolutely no idea how much or how little your child is going to cry. Um, I'm like, you know, a kid will cry over the red cup versus the blue cup. And I could have never predicted that, but they did. Um, you know, I always tell them that I will give them options so that if they're really uncomfortable being away from their child where, while they're crying, that I'm going to give them a sleep training option that would allow them to be really close to their child if they're having difficulty. Um, so that feels good to them. So we talk about that. And then I would say... The other objection, uh, oh, you mentioned like not right now, now is not the right time. So I guess I help them pick when the right time might be, like if there's vacations coming up or whatever. So we'll, we time that up. Um, and so, yeah, that's probably, or if they are worried about sickness, then I always tell them that like, if your child gets sick during the process, then I'm happy to pause and we can pick back up when they're feeling better. Yeah. What's coming across to me when I'm listening to you talk about how you conduct your discovery calls is really that you've developed a sense of confidence, not only in the way that you carry yourself on the calls, but that you're confident that you can help. And I think that that is the key to really building a successful business is that sleep consulting or anything else, you really have to be able to show up confidently that you can provide value and get people the results they're looking for. And if you really truly believe that in your heart, then I think the way you communicate that comes across different and, and you end up instilling a level of confidence in your prospective clients that turns them into paying customers. And to some degree, I think that it takes practice, right? I'm sure you yes. didn't feel this way uh, the first time you ever got onto a discovery call. Uh, but also, I, I think not only does it take practice with discovery calls, but I think it takes practice with clients, right? Because when yes. you first started as a sleep consultant, you probably weren't showing up on discovery calls, feeling like, I got you. Like, I, like we can do this. You're like, I'm going to try my best, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a different, it's a different vibe that you're showing up with. Now you've helped enough families, you've gotten them the transformation that they're looking for. And you've, you've changed their lives for the better enough times to know that you're not scared. Like you're not scared if they're a three-year-old, you know, that you can, yeah. 
Like, yeah, I, I say that to moms on the phone all the time. Like you might be afraid of your three-year-old, but like, I'm not afraid of your three-year-old. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I, I tell moms that all the time. Like I am not scared of your three-year-old. And really when we show up as sleep consultants and we're not afraid of their children. And, and I love the way that you handle the crying objection. I don't know if you learned that from me because that's exactly how I handle it too. I don't pretend that babies or children are not going to cry during the sleep training process. Uh, there are a lot of sleep consultants out there who will try to sell the idea that, you know, they will coach them through a no cry method or, or this isn't cry it out. We're not going to be doing cry it out. I, I just don't handle it that way. I try to help parents become more comfortable with their children's communication and their children's big feelings and help them to realize that it's okay for children to feel uncomfortable, to feel nervous, to feel overwhelmed, and for parents to support their children through that process of learning a new skill. And that's why I'm there is to help the parents to feel more comfortable until their children become more comfortable. And, and it sounds like that's how you're tackling it too, which is brilliant. Yeah. And I think that also comes with experience and being used to supporting a family with a child who might be crying a lot. Um, so I, you know, I sleep trained my kids really early and there wasn't a lot of crying involved. And so when I first was supporting families and their kids were crying a lot, you know, I'm a mom too. I don't like it. Um, so it felt really scary, but now with the experience and seeing how short lived it is and just getting more comfortable with it in general, I think that helps me show up for families in like a really confident way. Yeah. Uh, what would you say are some common mistakes that sleep consultants are making on their discovery calls. Not that you're sitting in on other people's calls, but let's, <laughs> let's just hypothesize. I can talk about my own. Yeah, my yeah own sure. Maybe some mistakes you made along the way or what you think perhaps might be going on on other people's calls that aren't working quite as well. Yeah. So um, thinking back to my own discovery calls and when I used to feel like I would get off the phone and feel like, oh, that didn't go so well. Um, some things that I think were happening were number one, I was probably talking too much and not listening enough. And then you find yourself rambling and you're not asking them, what are their questions? You know, what are their concerns? And so you can't um, address them if you're the one doing all the talking because you don't know what they're thinking. So I think that that was one mistake that I made. And I'm sure other people make that along the way as well. Um, another mistake would probably be um, telling parents how to how I would go about sleep training their child. Um, so I think that's a mistake for a couple of reasons. Um, one, you can't possibly be giving the best possible advice in 15 minutes. So I might be setting them up to fail, even if you know, I my intentions are good. Um, so that's number one, two, that's what they're hiring you for. So, you know, we're not going to go into all of that on the free 15 minute call. So, and then three, you're not providing them with options either, which is, I think a huge selling point for what we do is we give parents options and they have time to think about it and pick the one that feels right to them. And then we support them through that option. So, uh, I would say that is probably the the biggest mistakes that are being made for me, at least. Yeah, all brilliant. Spot on. I was trying to think as you were talking, if I could think of any others. And 
I think you nailed the big three. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, since mm-hmm. this podcast is all about business building and entrepreneurship, I would love to ask you what advice you would share for someone who is perhaps at the beginning of their journey. Ooh, that's a tough one because I just feel like I've learned so much along the way. Um, but one thing that I think would have been good for me to hear early on is that you know, my business was not an overnight success. Um, And it's okay if your business is not taking off from the very beginning in the way that you want it to, or if it feels really overwhelming or like a lot of work um, and things aren't picking up really quickly. I mean, it took me like six months to get to where I'm at today. Um, and that was for tons of different reasons, but just don't give up on yourself because if you keep going, if you keep putting one foot in front of the other brick by brick, right, it's going to come together and eventually something just clicks and you might not know what it is. Um, I'm not sure that I can fully put my finger on what it is that clicked for me. Um, but all I know is I kept going and eventually I just got to this place where my calendar started filling up and people started booking on and I didn't have to put in so much work to get all of these clients and it's amazing. So just keep going. Don't give up on yourself. Yeah, that's a really great message. And if I remember back to where you were six months ago, you were hungry, you were hardworking you were actually always really good at the sleep piece. Like I think from the very beginning, you had a handle on it because you had gone through it with your own children and maybe helped some friends on the side before actually becoming certified. So you had a baseline knowledge. And I think as an outsider looking in, I think the major difference in you in like where you started versus where you are now is you just like, gained your sea legs, you you got your confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think to some degree, uh, the reason for why people fail, and I put that in air quotes, is because they give up before they gain momentum. I've said that before, yes. and I'll say it again. And really, six months is not such a long time to, yeah. to be working on something, you know, and when you say your business was not an overnight success, fair enough, six months is a long time to work on something. But you've made a lot of progress and a lot of headway in a very relatively short period of time. And I think a lot of people give up within that six month mark. You know, I think a lot of people don't even give it a year or or less to really get going. And um, I'm really I'm proud of you for sticking with it. And I'm proud of you for uh, taking it upon yourself to really continue to learn and to take ownership for your own business and systems and skills, because really, like, you're, you're kind of nailing it. And also, you're only six months in. So I can't even wait to talk to you in another six months or in two years, to see all that you've learned between now and then. I mean, I think you could be exponentially further along. If we wait another six months or another year and a half, whatever that looks like. And, you know, it, I know you feel like you've come such a long way and you have, but the way I see this is like, it's still only just the beginning for you. And yeah, um, I think that that's really exciting. So congratulations on your success. Uh, before Thank we you. wrap up, uh, share whatever you'd like to share, um, website, social media, whatever you want to share with our audience. 
Sure. So I'm not huge on social media, but my website is seacoastpediatricsleep.com um, on Facebook. It's just my name, Alicia Kernis. And I do have an Instagram, although I'm not, <laughs> I'm not huge on Instagram. I'm trying. Um, it's at seacoastpediatricsleep. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today. And congrats again on all of your success. And we'll have to do this again one day soon. Great. Thanks, Jane. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.